What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK Show, Tyler and I discuss our brackets as we get ready for March Madness to start. We also talk about the quarterback carousel in the NFL as some more guys have switched teams. And, you know, one thing I love to do is uh, to go on Twitter and uh, see what everybody is talking about. Uh, so I have a few sports Twitter what ifs uh, that I found on Twitter that I'm going to throw at Tyler. Uh, we're also going to discuss a few NBA headlines uh, throughout the show. Don't forget to enter the 2019 TSK Show Bracket Challenge on the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or webpage. Just search the group name TSK Show MM Challenge to join the group or go to any of our social media profiles to find the link and you'll have your chance to win a $25 Visa gift card. Brackets lock in on Thursday, so make sure you get your picks in. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom. What's up, DP? How you doing, man? Um, you know, I'm pretty tired today, but oh, that's it was a long day at work. That's not gonna stop me. That's not gonna hold me down. No, no, we we fight through everything. No, I think it's just because it's been sunny the last couple of days, and then today it hit us hit us back with some. Some more cold weather. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely been, been nice, weird. nice for a change getting in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, it was in the eighties last couple of days, and then it just decided to go right back. But you know what that means? No, March Madness is here. <laughs> March Madness is here, and I'm fucking stoked for it. Yeah, so like we've been saying, one of the best times of year. Yeah, like we've been saying, enter the TSK Show Bracket Challenge for your chance to win a twenty-five dollar Visa gift card brackets lock in on thursday morning uh yeah. so tyler and i thought it would be a good idea to give you a little peek behind the curtain at our brackets <clears throat> yeah um but to give an update we have 32 brackets submitted into the tsk show bracket challenge so shout out to everybody who entered uh and good luck uh obviously tyler and i are disqualified but you guys are up against our brackets yeah so uh, we will see which bracket reigns supreme in the end yeah, I'm I'm so excited for Thursday and Friday. That's two of the best days in sports. Oh, uh, for sure, hands down. My my uncle and his buddies like they go to Vegas all, every year for the yeah. first weekend of March Madness. It's too good. It's too good. Um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll hop right into it. Uh, we'll kind of just go bracket by bracket. Um, not get too in, not dive too deep into every matchup, but just no. kind of give you the outlook. Um, the East bracket is of course Duke, who I think is. Um, the heavy favorite by most fans. Yeah, they're the number one overall seed. Most bra- I think most brackets got to have them winning. Or at um, least making it to the final four. Yeah, they got to have the most votes for the win um, just because of Zion and you know all the crazy things he's been able to show and, people he can do. And, hey, I got I to gotta give Zion a lot of, a lot of credit. Uh, 
obviously we were both in favor of him not playing another second in college basketball. Yeah. But he's come out. He's played well. He dominated in the ACC tournament. He won the ACC tournament MVP. Yeah. Uh, and he's 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 he wants to do what he can to to bring a championship. No, I mean, to I didn't want him to not play because I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was like he could do it or he he shouldn't force it. I mean, I I, I mean, that I least. figured he'd come back healthy and fine. I just figured it's just not worth the risk when you're going to be the number one pick. But yeah. You know, playing and playing with confidence, and you know, just trusting your abilities—that's that's all good. You know, I'm not I'm not mad at it at all. No. Uh, also, in that bracket, uh, one of my favorite tournament teams um, of all time is Michigan State. Yep. I always pick Tom Izzo to go basically as far as I I possibly can. I got I got them going to the Sweet 16. I got them losing to Duke in the Elite Eight. Um, so. or, excuse me, yes, in the Elite Eight. I have them going yeah. to the Elite Eight. I think they can win their little grouping, but as far as the um, as far as the big upsets, uh, my upset uh, that I would like to point out in this bracket is I got uh, where is it Liberty beating Mississippi State. Okay, uh, Liberty is a team that uh, twenty nine wins I think this year won their won their conference won their conference tournament playing a Virginia Tech team that got to the ACC finals mm-hmm. but really didn't win a ton of, you know they didn't have 20 28 wins for Liberty yeah they didn't and Virginia Tech just you know they had quite a bit more losses and I don't think they're like a, a true contender they're just an ACC team um so I got a or sorry not Virginia Tech Mississippi State <laughs> my fault I'm looking I'm looking forward to game uh, <laughs> Liberty beating Mississippi State because Mississippi State didn't do very well in the SEC. I think they just got in because they were in the SEC. Yes. Um, and I think Liberty is gonna uh gonna beat them. I don't think Liberty is gonna beat Virginia Tech in the next round. <laughs> no. Uh I have two upsets in the East bracket. I have the nine UCF over the eight VCU. Uh classic eight nine matchup. Yeah, I have that one as an upset. Uh I guess now's a good time to say my little factoid on the 8-9 matchup oh what is it um since 1985 the 8-9 matchup is split down the middle oh 50 50 50 50 136 meetings uh split right down the middle so the 8-9 seed is truly what a, do you know i have two 8-9 upsets it's truly a well let's see here i got yeah it's truly it's truly a split down the middle i got, I got three three eights and an, and ucf is a nine I don't. It's hard for me to consider a nine seed an upset, though. Right. Be, but technically, yes. So the other upset that I have, and I think the NCAA put the this matchup together on purpose. Every now and then, there's a there's a seven ten matchup, and it's the ten seven matchup between Minnesota and Louisville. Or it seems little. I think. Uh, God, what was it? Was it OJ Mayo and Michael Beasley playing in like the first round? They one, might. Yeah. Or something. I, I'm pretty sure it was O.J. Mayo had just, like, a funny first round. I think it was a 7-10 matchup. I was like, they had to have put that together. But the interesting storyline with this is the head coach of Minnesota is Rick Pitino's son, Richard Pitino. Yep. And, obviously, Rick Pitino, his father, is in the middle of suing Louisville for everything that happened with the way that Rick Pitino was dismissed from Louisville. Mm-hmm. So I think the NCAA put this matchup together on purpose. A little conspiracy theory on my part there. Yep. Uh, no, I'm not the only one who talk, thinks that. You talked me into this. I'm going with Minnesota first round <laughs> just because you told me about this for sure. <laughs> That's why I wanted you to have that shout out. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, got I, Duke coming out of this one. Yeah, I have Duke coming out of this one. I wish one. Michigan. I wish I. I wish I had the courage and the balls to to pick Michigan State to beat Duke, but it's tough when they had one of their best players go down in yeah, in the Big Ten championship game. Duke's tough. Um, so then the next the next bracket sliding over, we go to the South. Uh, the number one team in this bracket is Virginia, who last year was the first number one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed. So yes. they're coming off of uh, this is a two this is two times in a row they've had a one 16 matchup. Yeah. Um, I ultimately have Villanova winning this side of the bracket. I also have Villanova winning this side uh, of the bracket. Last year's champs, right? Yes, last year's last champs. Last year's champs. Uh, the a deep team yeah, and Villanova and is a great coach. So Villanova is the sixth seed in the South region. Villanova is the sixth seed, so they are a, a bit. They kind of are a sleeper pick, but they're not a sleeper. No, pick. they're see, the defending national champions. Yep, and they've been to two titles and in, in the their seniors have been to two title games. Yep, uh, just like North Carolina's. So they're going to be their their experience. They're going to make the run. I think they win this, but I do get I do have Virginia getting to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I have I have Villanova beating Virginia uh to move on to the final four. The um I actually only have one upset. I have three in this this region. The only one I got is Oregon, riding the hot hand. I, I like Oregon against Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a great basketball team and actually a team that I normally go with in the uh in the tournament, but Wisconsin is also a team that if a team gets on them quick, they cannot come back. And exactly. Win. They have to control the pace of the game. So I like Oregon with the hot hand at the 12th seed beating Wisconsin in the first round. Yeah, so I also have Oregon over Wisconsin as one of my upsets in the South. Uh, the other two I have is the 8-9 matchup. I have 9 Oklahoma over 8 Ole Miss. Classic 8-9 matchup like we talked about before. There's a lot of these SEC teams I don't like in the exactly. first round. Ole Miss, um, Ole Miss it's, I'm not too confident about them. Mm-hmm. And then the other upset I have it's and you could call it a homer pick if you want, but it's UC Irvine over Kansas State, the thirteen four matchup. I love I love the teams that have you know sniffing near thirty wins. UC Irvine is thirty and five. They won sixteen games in a row to end the season and win their conference tournament. And there's a lot of teams like that out in this tournament. There's a lot of teams that are are fifteen to twenty game win streaks. Yep, won their conference tournament, won their conference. 28 29 30 wins those those teams are scary yeah but it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh with a team like tennessee i think they have a chance uh to make it all the way to the the sweet 16 at least even though they got a bunch of stuff going on with their coach the tennessee yes yeah tennessee's the team that i wanted to pick like I would like to pick them to pick Vill- or beat Villanova. Uh, I just I just think they have a pretty easy they, path to the Sweet 16 at least. They do have an easy path to the Sweet 16. I definitely I have them there, and they have a ton of talent. But they're gonna get they're gonna get out coached. Oh, 100 percent. They're getting out coached by Jay Wright. So, I think that's where that goes. Yeah. So let's move on now to the West, where obviously the number one seed. From the Pacific Northwest, of yeah, course. Yeah, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah, man, they've just been doing it for so long. Uh, Mark so Few. many, so many tournament runs. He just gets it done. You know, I think this is like nineteen nineteenth tournament appearance for him, and they got the star stopper on their team, Rui. Uh, Ru, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure. That's Japanese how it is. kid. He's he's a stud. He's a forward. He's an NBA player, NBA body. 
he's the guy that guards that, you know, obviously not these exact guys, but KD, LeBron, Giannis, Carmelo. They got two legitimate uh, NBA players this Kawhi. year. That's that's how that's how this kid hit. Are you talking about Tilly? Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and Tilly's just like your solid Gonzaga big guy. Like, yeah. Super skilled, super polished, basically a professional basketball player. Um and they got and they got the coaching. So I, I like Gonzaga coming out of this bracket. Yeah. The um, I mean, hey, the round of thirty two matchup between them and Syracuse, because I have Syracuse yeah. beating Baylor, that's gonna be a great game. And and like uh like Wisconsin, Gonzaga can have you know if they're off and you have someone like Syracuse a team that can really play and someone they are susceptible to those losses well yeah I mean they've that's those are the losses that they've taken in years past on numerous occasions but uh I like Gonzaga getting past Bayheim. I like uh them getting past Murray State and John Morant I have John Morant go leading Murray State to the Sweet 16 um, okay john right. moran is, this is kind of you know gearing into my big uh you know i have upset of the bracket i got murray state going the sweet 16 behind john moran who is a projected top five pick ultra athletic you know russell westbrook derrick rose type guard um i think he can i think he can beat marquette by himself and i, I don't, think he's gonna have an i think he's gonna have an easy matchup in round two see that's that's where i think John Morant and Murray State are going to run into a problem. I have them upsetting Marquette in the first round, but I don't think John Morant can beat Florida State by himself in, See, the, in the round of thirty-two. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to have to. I think he's going to be playing Vermont. Oh no! I got Vermont. I got the Vermont, the American East champs. Okay, uh, okay. I got them winning winning this game. They got uh, they got a stud, you know, twenty and ten guy on their team, who who I believe is a freshman actually. Um, and I think Florida State is just, you know, they made a good they made a good ACC tournament run. So I think they got placed higher than they should have. Vermont, a small school guy, and they got owned. So I think this this matchup's closer than a four thirteen. Uh, so I like Vermont with the upset. I like Murray State with the upset, getting that classic twelve thirteen matchup in the second round. Okay. And uh, John Morant gets it done. All right. Um, so in the Elite Eight for the. For the West, I have the matchup of Gonzaga, Michigan, the one-two seed. Uh, I got Texas in this, Tech in this region. I got Texas Tech beat Michigan in the okay. uh, in the what Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, in the Sweet Sixteen, uh, but we both have Gonzaga. Yeah, going to the Final Four. So right now we are even for the Final Four. Three yep. out of three out of four. Yep, three. Uh, yeah, three for three so far. Yeah. So um, and then finally the the uh, the Midwest bracket. Um, my favorite bracket for sure. Obviously, got, got my homies. I can't say my dogs because UW is in the bracket, so <laughs> I got the homies, the Tar Heels. Um, I got them obviously winning the bracket. They're the one seed. Oh, uh, we got the same Final Four. Kentucky's the two seed. That's that's gonna be. Um, yeah, th that's the Elite Eight matchup. There, I don't think they're a threat to uh, to get too far. I don't think they're gonna get past the Sweet Sixteen as a two seed. Um, but they do have an interesting team. They're deeper than normal. They're older than normal. Mm -hmm. So it could be interesting to see what Kentucky does. I have them beating, obviously winning that first matchup. And then in the second round, I got they're going to be playing. Uh, they play the winner of Wolford, uh, Seton Hall, which I have Wolford winning that game. No, 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 sir. I have Seton Hall winning that game in the 10-7 upset. Oh, oh lost, lo lost there for a sec. And uh, 
See, okay, so you got Seton Hall as the as your little upset. Yeah. My, well, I also I have another upset in this. I've got in this New Mexico region. State. I got New Mexico State being Auburn. Here's the problem with the here's the problem with that upset. New Mexico State has never won a first round matchup in the in the NCAA tournament. Auburn has won every single one of their first round matchups. Perfect. That kind of stuff's perfect for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I like New Mexico State. I'm hating on the SEC basketball this year. I I did not. Hey, think- man. Bruce Pearl's gonna gonna get an NCAA tournament. God, win. Bruce Pearl is the coach there, isn't he? Damn, that's tough. See that that all of a sudden makes me, you know, <laughs> nah, you know, I'm roll I'm rolling with it though, just because, uh, you know, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the underdog because I think Kansas is getting a for sure win, and I think Kansas is getting a for sure win against either Auburn or New Mexico State. So you know what, I'll hedge my bet. <laughs> and I'll go with uh, New Mexico State because I'm getting Kansas on to the Sweet 16. I have Kansas, in and the Sweet I want 16. that Roy Williams, uh, Roy the Roy Williams Bowl. Yeah, uh, him coaching his old team, so that'll be uh, that'll be a good one. But he's gonna win. So the other match, the other upset that I have in this region is the 11-6 matchup: Ohio State versus Iowa State. I have Ohio State also upsetting the number three seed, Houston. In this region, so Iowa State's your your upset team. No, Ohio State beating Iowa State in the ten six uh-huh. or eleven six, excuse me. Yep. Then I have eleven Ohio State beating three Houston. I got Houston going to lead eight. I got Ohio State and Kentucky. I like that in conference. the Sweet Sixteen. See, I got UNC Houston. I got Houston beating uh, Houston beating Kentucky. Houston beating Iowa State, um, so yeah, I mean my, my elite my elite eight matchup is North Carolina, Kentucky, Roy Williams, John Calipari. That'd be great. I would love to see that. Except last time it didn't go so well. No, it didn't go and they won so well for a you. national title. I'm pretty sure. So in total, I have eight upsets in the first round. Oh, I got a bunch. I mean, let me see. I'll tell you. I'm up here. One, two, three. If we're counting, if we're counting nine nine seeds, I I have seven. No, I'm counting nine seeds. Okay, so I got seven upsets. Okay, how many did you have? Eight. All right, but you had, but you had multiple eight seeds. I, I just had one. I had two eight, two nine seeds beating two eight seeds. Oh yeah, yeah, I had one. So, but yeah, to end it up, I got Duke, Gonzaga, Villanova, North Carolina. We both do right. Yes. So uh, Duke, North Carolina, start out with that one. Uh, classic. Hopefully a classic rematch of this uh, game no, the, happened earlier. The final four, no, the final four matchup would be Duke Gonzaga. Yeah, what did I say? Duke North Carolina. Okay, well that was just, a, you, that's muscle memory. Well, uh, that's, I got Duke Gonzaga. Duke Gonzaga in the final four, a matchup of the game from earlier this year where Gonzaga won. Yes, because my boy is the star stopper. <laughs> um, I got Gonzaga winning this game and getting to. Another national title. Wow. I got Gonzaga bringing the big upset to Duke, who I think is the heavy, heavy favorite. I have Duke winning that matchup. All right. And Duke in the championship game against, of course, the, it, the I've Tar never, Heels. I've never seen North Carolina play Duke in the tournament. You're going to get it this uh, year, my friend. The final four, though, the final four is good. It's got Villanova, North Carolina, if all things go the way I think they're going to. That will be a rematch of the national title game in 2016. Yes. yes. Also, like I said earlier, Villanova seniors, North Carolina seniors. They've all been there. They've all done that. 
all those seniors, North Carolina starting three of them, have all played in two national title games already. Villanova's been in two in the last three years. North Carolina's been in two in the last three years. So so ton of experience. Jay Wright, Roy Williams, two of the only coaches – well, never mind. Well, two of the only coaches in, in the country to have a national title. And multiple I mean, at I shouldn't that. Say, I shouldn't say couple, but – yeah, I mean it, it's that that should be a good one, but obviously I got my guys North Carolina, so I got a North Carolina Gonzaga national title rematch. Okay. So two, so North Carolina can rematch. You're really playing with your heart in this, aren't you? Yeah, oh yeah. So I got North Carolina playing rematching Villanova, who beat him on a game winner, right, in 2016, and then I got North Carolina in the national championship rematching the 2017 national title <laughs> game against Gonzaga, in which they won. You got a whole bunch of rematches in there. For for NC in the final four, yes I do. It's gonna be good. So okay, I got my tiebreaker score was seventy five sixty nine. Ooh, interesting. So NC over Gonzaga. Okay, so my championship game is Duke versus North Carolina. You you get you get to finally see it. And my tiebreaker score is eighty four to seventy nine. That's that's a good one. I, I always pick the I always pick way too high of a score for the national title, so I tried to scale it back this year. Because North Carolina traditionally comes out swinging in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Um, no, in listen, fact, I like I like North Carolina to break a hundy in one of these games. I could definitely see them breaking a hundy against Iona at least in the first round. Yeah, and they and they they do it for sure. Do you? So do you? You don't have Utah. You don't have Washington beating Utah State. I do have you. I I have. Uh, wait, what? What would you ask? Washington over Utah State in the first round. No, I got Utah State winning. So okay, I have Utah State winning as well. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> but you, you know, basketball is a weird thing, man. It's a, it's a weird thing for me yeah. just being from around that area, but not being a huge fan of the program. But I love, like, I love most of their alumni. As of late, I have not been a fan. I'm not, not a huge Markel Fultz or Marquise Chris. Well, it's been, fan, but, been an interesting run for them. Um. The the olden days, I mean, the B Roy and Isaiah Thomas and all those guys, Nate, Nate Rob. Rob and all the all them, love those guys. But lately, it's been a little sketch. <laughs> but I mean, like we said, Thursday Thursday and Friday are probably two of the best days in sports uh, throughout the year. Uh, I think they should be a national holiday and just nobody should have to work. Everybody no. should just be at a bar drinking, watching the games. Exactly. There should be this pass where it's like, hey, if you fill us out two months in advance, you get these two days <laughs> off. Like, We got to know who's trying to watch it's the like games. Thi- it's like thi- this Thursday, Friday, like the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, uh, opening day of baseball. Uh, there's a few other dates. Where there's some like, good stuff, though. Like Some of the things to point out in the first two days, uh, Central Florida, Taco Fall. I have them winning. That's a great one to watch. But I mean, as far as like things you don't get to see all the time, this yeah. is you. The, that's another great part about you know this this two days is seeing a bunch of stuff. You're not you know these guys aren't always on national television. Taco Fall at Central Florida, seven six center. He's a senior. He's been uh, been on the NBA radar since he was a freshman there. He's uh, been on the NBA radar since he yeah was in like high school. Yeah, and uh, I mean he's seven six, so it's going to be cool to see. I think he's going to get a chance in the league. Um, I'm not sure where, you know, how productive he can be, but he's cool to watch. Um, that's something cool to watch in the first round. Also, we spoke about it. John Morant, you know, going to be a guy that you would think as a top five projected pick. Top could, three even. Could be could be an um, NBA star. 
And, you know, we could be looking at a Damian Lillard, Stephen Curry, you know. Yeah, I was, uh, that's what I was scenario. just, that's what I was just about to say is the NCAA tournament, there's someone, Someone's someone, a, maybe even a couple players that are on teams that don't usually get national recognition that are going to make a name for themselves in this gonna tournament. it's going to be my boy, Gonzaga. <laughs> that was the last one I want to point out is, yes, I know Gonzaga's, everybody knows them now. They are part of college basketball's hierarchy. Um, they've yeah, done, they've, they've played done it their, all outside of winning ship. They've played their way out of being a mid major. They are not. Yeah, they're no one. No one takes them for granted. No one thinks that's an easy win. What? But people don't know about this guy. I promise he is going to be a good player in the pros. He's got a good NBA game, good NBA defense, and he's. I mean, he's still developing. So that's a guy that I think, you know, if you want to find something cool to watch, that's going to be. You know, those are my three big ones. My boy Gonzaga. Um, John Morant at Murray State and uh, Taco Fall at Central Florida, <laughs> man. Got to watch him play. It's it's crazy. No, it's, it's crazy to see a seven six kid out there. Yeah, I mean we haven't we haven't seen someone like that in the NBA since Yao Ming. I wish I wish Bull Bull was out there. Oh, um, yeah, man, makes my heart. I wish. You know, I think I think Oregon's making a run though. I think they're going to go at least to the Sweet Sixteen. The team I'm really missing this year is Wichita State, though. Well, uh, I, that's a one hit wonder to me. No, no, they've made multiple runs. Well, they've made multiple runs, but it's but, like, uh, I, and they were in it last year. But I, I'm missing them because you know they got a kid from Lacey Washington on the team this year, so I wanted to true. see them in the tourney. That's true. But all right, you heard some of our picks. Uh, if you haven't already, you have to join the TSK Show Bracket Challenge for this year's March Madness. All you got to do is go to the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or webpage. Just search the group name TSK Show MM Challenge to join the group or go to any of our other social media profiles to find the link and you'll have your chance to win a $25 Visa gift card courtesy of the TSK show. And your picks lock in Thursday morning. Games start at 9.15 a.m. Pacific time. So make sure you get your picks in. Make sure you become a part of the TSK show bracket challenge. We already got 30 plus brackets in there. Yep. So uh, it's it should be should be a fun tournament. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, stressful, and terrible all at the same time. Oh, everything we said could just go right out the window uh, with the first game. Every single one of my picks is gonna be trashed by a Saturday morning. Oh, everyone's picks are gonna be trashed sure. by Saturday morning. But all right, let's uh, let's move on to the NFL. There's been a few quarterbacks that have changed uh, changed teams. First, uh, it happened, I believe it was last week. Uh, after we recorded, it was Ryan Tannehill getting traded to the Dol- uh, traded to the Titans from the Dolphins for a sixth and seventh round pick uh, in this year's draft. He also signed a one year extension with the Titans uh, for this year. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, so it's a twelve million dollar deal. Seven of it's guaranteed. The jokes. The joke is he's playing wide receiver, right? Are that is he? Is that <laughs> no, that's what no, he's doing? No, no, that's. I I mean it's just weird because Mar- n- neither Mariota nor Tannehill are reliable. Yeah, so I don't really so get the move. I I for sure have Mariota as the one, Tannehill as the two, no doubt. Yes, um, you have to go with what you have. So in that sense, because Mariota is a little risque, that is. But God, I don't know if Tannehill's got anything left in the tank. I mean, he would really have to put on a Chad Pennington esque recovery from missing multiple seasons like that yeah um 
botan- but this is a good this is like no pressure so there are this is that, that's why i'm like it's weird you know i go back and forth there's some good things i like about it i like having a good backup for Mariota. i like Tannehill having no pressure to be uh, you know as a starter yeah but I'll, I also don't like the fact that Mariota's not necessarily reliable. Tannehill's not necessarily re- reliable. And they're both kind of middling well, uh, and it's interesting talents. I mean, they're great football players, but they're not top 10 guys. They're 15 to 20 guys. Maybe even 25. But uh, yeah. what's, inter- what's interesting really is Mariota is going to be a free agent at the end of this season, I believe, because it's the end of his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tannehill will be a free agent at the end of this year. So Tennessee is really in a quarterback battle this year yeah. to find out which, who, which who they're going to go with. It could pre- and it could produce a winner. You know what I mean? And it, it could, could and it could be neither of them. It could be neither of them. It's uh, I don't really I don't really necessarily love what the, what Tennessee's doing. <laughs> um, I didn't really love their team last year, although they performed better than this I might be they the would. most we've ever talked about the Titans on the show. But uh, yeah, but the Titans, yeah. I don't know. That's just a weird. That's a weird thing. But for now, Mariota's still a one, so not a ton's changed. Yeah. Um, but Miami, on the other hand. Yeah. So Miami had to find a replacement, obviously, for losing Tannehill. Yep. And they decided to go with Fitzmagic. Great. It's awesome. I'm so I'm super pumped about this signing. I think this was a great sign. He move he moves up the state of Florida or down down to South Beach uh, from Central Florida. Yep. Uh. I, you know how I feel about Fitzmagic. I love Fitzmagic. I think <laughs> we he both can, do. He's going to give us. There's going to be, you know, there'll be four games this year where I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, there'll be four <laughs> games where I'm not sure if he should be starting or not. But that's right. That's Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, Miami's 100% drafting a quarterback. 100%. I know they're drafting a quarterback, so they're going to have Fitzmagic. They're going to have a rookie. And my boy uh, Luke, Luke Falk from Washington State is hanging around. He's on the depth chart. I mean, as of right now, what when Tannehill left, he was the only one there. They signed Fitzmagic, so it's Fitzpatrick and 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 Luke Falk, and then they're going to throw in a rookie. So hey, that's not that's not too bad. That's not the worst position ever for him. And listen, as, as far as being an undrafted guy, bringing in or, bringing in a rookie and having Ryan Fitzpatrick in the quarterback room itself nah, will be good. Well, it gives you a starter day one. So it's like if your guy if your rookie comes in and 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 torches, then yeah, go ahead, you you can start him. Like you're good, but if he's not ready, you got you got Ryan Fitzpatrick exactly ready to go, ready to start week one exactly. Um, it gives them a little bit of leeway, so they 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 upgraded that position to me. Um, yeah, and what's 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 funny is uh, with some of the moves that the Dolphins have made this off season, they haven't been looked at as the best moves, and people people always joke about the the quote-unquote rivalry they have with the Patriots because the Patriots always seem to figure out a way to lose a game in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's I, tough I, to travel I wonder, Miami. I yeah. wonder why. Uh, but now with them, yeah, with, the Dolphin, with the Dolphins signing Fitzpatrick, the Patriots might lose another game in Miami next year. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Uh, Miami is a tough place to travel to. Tough humidity, a lot of distractions. Yeah, South uh, Beach is is, is there, pretty fun. I it's, heard it's you know it's one of the furthest trips to make for a lot of teams. So uh, Miami's not easy to win at. They definitely upgraded the quarterback position, which in my mind, you upgraded your franchise tremendously. But Miami still got a lot of a uh, lot of things to work out. I don't think they're a playoff team quite yet. No. Um, but yeah, they they upgraded the QB position, and then the last one to move yeah. was kind of surprising to me. Well. 
as far as his destination. Yeah. So I was not a huge fan of this at first. Uh, and the move we're talking about is former Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles signing a one-year deal to become the backup quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I got to shout out my buddy Corey Holbert uh, for really changing my mind on this decision that the Rams made to bring in Bortles as the backup. Uh, I was really looking at it and taking Bortles uh, for the bus that many people think he is. Uh, but when I was talking to Corey about it, he brought up some really good points saying having a career starter as your backup is never a bad thing. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a simple, that's, I mean, yeah, it's simply put, but it, it's true. And people always undermine the backup quarterback position to get some fucked. And, and, and the thing about the, why I love this move, it didn't, doesn't necessarily make sense to me from Borrell's point. But why I love this move for the Rams is that they're trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right now, they have to win this Super Bowl while they got Jared Goff on this rookie contract. They've added all the big names on, on defense again this year. So two years in a row, they've they've done that. They have the offensive talent. Um, they can't put their future on a Jared Goff injury. No, so they can't. This gave them at least – you know, a throwing a thrower's it's chance. A, it's basically. a security blanket. It's a security blanket. And it's a good one because, like your friend said, Wardles is a career backup and, uh, or and a career starter. So, as a backup, he's not going to come into something he's not comfortable with. Exactly. He's got no pressure. And let's be real. Yes, he has had his moments where he has not been the best quarterback in the NFL. No, but but people he's were been, also on his shit two years ago. He went to the AFC title game two years ago, and, and at the at the end of the day, he was the best available option at the time. My thing was for Bortles is I wanted I I wasn't I didn't think what happened in Jacksonville was, you know, a, necessarily a sign of who the player he was. I think he was better than how he played in Jacksonville. I think he still had something left in the tank. Uh, now he doesn't deserve any of the benefit of the doubt because he had a no. lot of poor play, but. Uh, even so, I thought he still had something left in the tank. So I, I wanted him to see him sign somewhere else, try to get a fresh start. And, try you know, and get a start and, in his job. And, and then all of a sudden, you got a guy that's got one of the strongest arms in the league. He's still in his, his late you know mid to late 20s. He was the top three pick. Um, there's a lot of ups. There's still a lot of good things going on for him. And um, listen. I, I, liked, I liked Miami. I liked uh, New York. Although I didn't think he would go to New York, um, he there was a couple different places I liked. You know, I thought he Washington D.C., but you know, hey, listen, it's not a bad gig being Cor the backup for the Rams. My buddy Corey said this as well. Sean McVay is the head coach of the Rams. Maybe he could work some magic with Bortles too. No, exactly. And it's just like if he does play a couple games, he can end up getting paid again. Look at Nick Foles. Yeah, listen. Let's say let's say the Rams lock up the lock up the division, lock up home field advantage early again, like they did. This year, they sit Jared Goff maybe the last one or two games of the season. Bortles yeah, could, could, could show something. A, he could go have a Matt Flynn type of performance. Yeah, and he's on a one-year deal. He's trying to – he obviously wants to be a starter in the league. No, so he, and the he's one got year, stuff the to prove. The one year is a good, good deal, and I think the most important thing was for him to get out of town. So, in that sense, Bortles got out of town. He gets a fresh start. Rams upgrade their quarterback position, which – in my opinion, upgrades the franchise. Always does, always does. So, there you go. Uh, now, I got to shout out my buddy Corey again because he has been on his insider shit <laughs> lately. 
he has got some crazy sources because this was just announced before we started recording, but he put me onto this last night when we were talking. We were talking about the Rams yeah. and the Bortles move, and he was like, by the way, from my people, I'm hearing Clay Matthews to the Rams yeah. on a one- or two-year deal. Yeah. And right before we started recording, it was announced that Clay Matthews is leaving the Packers after a decade and signing a two-year deal with the Rams. He's coming home to coming L.A. Home. Yep, coming home. He, he wants to be a part of another Super Bowl run. His brother coaches out here, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a high school coach out here. Yep. Uh, that's, a, that's another big-time pickup. But, again, like I said, you guys are looking more and more like the 2000 Raiders. Yet, I love it. Getting all these big names on defense. Getting all the – they, they got to play, though. Yeah. They got to play. You're, you're doing what you got to do. You're surrounding that rookie rookie contract with a ton of talent, a ton of veterans, uh, big names. And in LA you need a big name. So, you know, they got they got plenty to go around on the defense now. It's gonna be it's gonna be scary. Yeah. No, it's it's gonna be really fun to watch guys like Aaron Donald, Clay Matthews, and Clay Don Matthews can play. I mean, <laughs> this is not this is not uh uh I don't think this is Terrell Suggs in Arizona. I think I think Clay Matthews will be on the field. No, he's still got probably, a lot of juice left he'll in him. He'll probably be on the field two out of three downs, which, you know, that means someone's coming. You know, someone he's taking people's reps. Hundred percent, he's sure, taking people's reps, which is uh, which is good. Well, and we we lost linebacker Mark Barron. He signed a deal elsewhere. And the big and the big key right there is ding ding ding. They just went from a small safety converted linebacker to a legitimate to, to a linebacker who has played on the edge with defensive linemen played in the middle with guards and running backs so you just got heavier you got bigger and you didn't lose any talent and you know teams can't line up and run the ball down their throat against a clay matthews like the can of mark Barrett. no i definitely think the the rams run defense will look much better this year Getting heavier, which was exactly what they needed to do. I mean, literally, that's that was their weakness was I formation, put a fullback on the field, and the the Rams I don't think can stop it. Damn, and well, whatever. I'll, I'll bring it up later. Uh, but another move, uh, it's actually a team getting rid of somebody, uh, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals cutting Vontez Burfick. Uh, obviously, Vontez Burfick, one of the most notorious bad boys in the NFL the last mm -hmm. uh, probably, what, five to seven years, yeah. I would say. Yep. Um, but one team that I found, it was really funny that uh, is potentially interest, interested in Vontez Burfick is the Oakland Raiders. and Cleveland Browns. Ooh, I did not think about them. Cleveland Browns in division. They've already been doing it all. Uh, I, like, I like Vontez to Cleveland. Well... What was interesting to me about Oakland is obviously Burfick and Antonio Brown have beef. Yeah. But an enemy of an enemy is my friend, and Vontez Burfick also hates Le'Veon Bell yeah. and Juju Smith. And I don't think uh, I, I like Antonio him stay, Brown. I like him to stay in division. It's it's very common. He'll know he he knows a little bit more, and he's jumping on a bandwagon. <laughs> we also didn't even mention last last episode when we were talking about the Browns about Kareem Hunt. Well, because he got he's suspended for eight games. Man, that back that back eight games is is a scary roster. Yeah. What Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield, Juice, Jarvis Landry, yep. and Joku. Yep. Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. All those guys. And 
Callaway. Yeah, who is whatever at, well, the, at this point. I mean, and Joku is basically whatever at this point now. I mean, he's a solid tight end, but they got superstars on that team. Yeah, they do. It's going to be problems. They do. But um, speaking of Le'Veon Bell. Did you see that Hugh Jackson meme where it was like – No. It was just like a picture of Hugh Jackson like on the sideline not looking like happy, and it was just like <laughs> – when the team he just coached becomes the Golden State Warriors or something like that, yeah. When they be, when or they the become, Monstars, when they become the shit. Avengers, yeah, the Avengers. That's what it was like. When the team he, he used that's to coach so becomes the Avengers, that's so good. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, but speaking of Le'Veon Bell, uh, I brought him up a, uh, a minute ago. I brought it up last week when we were talking about it, and we kind of glossed over it. And I wanted to do a little bit more research. Uh, on the details of it, but I am upset with Le'Veon Bell because I feel like he sat out and did not get as much as he could have or should have for what he sacrificed as a player in the NFL and what that means. He took a deal with the New York Jets that makes him less money guaranteed than Al Farouk Aminu has made on his current contract. Hmm. Yeah, and he said this one. This is this is funny. Al Farouk Aminu is in the last year of a four-year deal that he signed that was worth $30 million. Le'Veon Bell signed a, what was it, a four-year deal, $52.5 million. Only 27 of it is guaranteed. He makes $3 million guaranteed less than Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, yeah, and that's funny because it's Al Farouk Aminu, Le'Veon Bell. You got, you know, one of the best versus a, a, role, a role player. player. But different leagues. I mean, Al Farouk Aminu is playing on a 13-man roster. Le'Veon Bell is playing on, you know, a, uh, what, a 53-man 40, roster. A 53-man roster. So a little tough. Uh, also, his his position is not worth that much. I mean, running back is not a position. You know, you can't compare your money to the next guy's money when it's like a different, a whole different sport, let alone position. Because like you still got to look at what you're bringing home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No. He's listen. still bringing. He's still bringing a ton of money home. He he didn't want to get franchise tagged again and play with nothing guaranteed. I mean, before it was zero guaranteed. Yeah. 100%. So it's no, like he, I, I upped understand it. It. he upped it, but it is funny to hear it compared to like Al Farouk Amino because, I mean, Al Farouk Amino, that's an NBA starter salary. That's what a yeah. uh, starter in the NBA makes. Le'Veon Bell makes what a star running back makes. That's just what happens to be the equivalent. Running backs are just a dime a dozen. It's like he has a special talent, but you can still get close to as good as him pretty much, you know, yeah. anywhere, really. I mean, James Conner stepped up and was big time for them. Not saying he's as good as Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell changed your team, but that diminishes the value of your position. Yeah, it, but it, it was just crazy to me. It is a weird thing, <laughs> but you can't look at it from, from that angle. Um, but, all right, so... Like I said in the intro, one one thing that I love to do is just sit on t Twitter, and my, my Twitter feed is mainly sports, sports and hip-hop for the most, because uh, if people, if you know me personally, that's basically what my life is, <laughs> um, and I would, I would think Tyler's pretty much the same, 
pretty pretty some pretty something like that. <laughs> uh but one one thing I love to do is just see what people are talking about on Twitter, and Twitter is a great place to find uh, these what if scenarios, and uh, it's a great place to debate. It also can be a very toxic place to debate. Uh, but I found some gems uh, on Twitter over the past couple of weeks uh, that I've been wanting to bring up on on the show. We just haven't had time for. Uh, but uh, I wanted to throw some of these ideas at Tyler, and uh, we'll probably start to do this more often uh, as. Uh, the summer rolls along because uh, as we know the the dog days of summer there's not much going on uh, in the world of sports Uh, so we're going to call the segment twitter what ifs so the xfl tyler the extreme football league is coming back (laughs) it's coming back in 2020 i've seen this before and there's an idea floating around on twitter uh and it's basically a relegation system kind of like how european soccer does it so, the winner of the XFL and the AAF play each other in somewhat of a championship-type game. The winner of that game plays the NFL team that finishes with the worst record in the league. So, last year it would be the, the Arizona Cardinals. So, the winner of the XFL and the AAF game plays the worst record in the NFL. Now, let's say the NFL team loses against the XFL or the AAF team. The NFL gets demoted. The NFL team gets demoted to whatever league they just played. And the team that won from whatever league that is gets bumped up to the NFL. What do you think of this? (laughs) Okay, well, so you're telling me that the Cardinals can be the XFL. That's potentially yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. Well, first off, the XFL and AAFL have completely different rules. So that's it. Would be dope to see a championship <laughs> game between those two. But that's I love the idea of that like system, you know. But uh, well, because it's a way to, it's a way to integrate all three leagues and unify football. Because I think football is in a state. Well, here's the thing: is that the bet the second best league in the football the second best league in the world for football is NCAA Division One. Yeah, it's better than Canadian football. Oh, by by a hundred thousand miles, <laughs> like, but not even close. Those guys get trashed by college teams. Um, it's not, it's not getting a football that the worst team in the NFL will completely obliterate any of those guys. The talent disparity on the interior would be ridiculous. Um, the depth would be ridiculous. You know, this is a funny, like what if story, but I like that. I love that. Like you, there's a, there's a motivating factor not to finish last that that's cool, but you'd have to you'd have to do it in a way where a league was closer you know i wish that like basketball that could have well know, potentially i've come. i've i've Baseball, heard this like might potentially come i've heard this idea kind of floated around with the with the nba and the g league with to to kind of get rid of tanking uh as yeah, an, as an the incentive only, the only issue is that the the g league needs to be more like triple a baseball 100 percent. that's not, that's where the not, issue not that some, came up with the, not that, some that baby idea. brothers like like soccer league you know what i right. mean the the soccer soccer has the you know the it would be like if the nba was like yo we're gonna go to like 20 teams next year dude i think um, that I, and so like the bottom 10 that we don't take you guys got to play in other leagues but we're gonna drop our bottom two every year so you guys will be able to mix it in you know i think the phoenix suns could put up 200 points on a g league team 
The, well, yeah, no, that's that's varsity versus JV. That's, yeah, exactly. Not, but more like varsity versus fucking seventh graders, you know? Yeah. Like, it really is that big of a difference. In football. It, it would have to be like a pro team from Europe, you know? But yeah. they're just not there yet. They're not good enough. Do you uh, think do you think there would be a way to somehow integrate the AAF and or the XFL with the NFL? Not li- not like this, I'm saying, like kind of like a minor league. No, nah, I think they need to attack the college rankings. They need to get all those They have to make their game better first. That's where you start. They got to get big name coaches, they got to get ex NFL stars. They got to get guys that got ran out of the league, old college stars. You know, Division two, Division three, guys that, like, really want to play, get the game game up. Mm-hmm. Um, and their rules got to coincide with the NFL. Most of these other football leagues, arena league. They're trying to be CFL, different from the NFL. AAFL, XFL, they all have different rules than the NFL does. Like, college football, outside of a couple rules here and there, mainly just the, the catch rules, like the big difference. Yeah. Like, one foot in bounds rather than two. It's basically the same game. Yeah. So it's a little it's the kickoffs are a little tra- different. It's easier to like translate like, oh, this kid can play in this league, he can play in the NFL. Uh like the the AFL. Especially just, if they're coming from a power five conference team. Yeah. It's uh it's a it could happen, but I think football is dying as a sport. So yeah, I to agree. try and build a new league just does not seem smart to Yeah, me. I don't I don't think the AAF or the XFL unless are you, gonna work. Unless you really do hit on something different. Well, I think well, the only they're w- trying to make more physical football, which is like the opposite of what you should be doing. And I and I think ultimately both the AAF and the XFL will fail unless the NFL somehow steps in and kind of integrates them with the NFL. Yeah, and you could and you could try to make some sort of farm football league, but football is too. It's a short season, the sixteen yeah. games. You can't like lose your right guard bring one up from the farm league get him going and start in that week you know yeah. like you're gonna roll with the you know an nfl team has eight linemen and maybe like one or two on their practice team yeah so it's like you're gonna roll with one of those guys you're never gonna dive down into the farm leagues it'll be such a rare occurrence yeah so all right i got another one to throw at you and this one is which trio of teammates do you wish stayed together longer the Killer Bees in Pittsburgh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. The original OK3 in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Or another one that's pre- really close to your heart, the Seattle Mariners, Ken Griffey Jr., A-Rod, and Randy Johnson. <laughs> Which trio do you uh, wish stayed together longer, yeah, Tyler? For sure, Oklahoma City. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Even though the even though there's a bad taste in my mouth of that team because they were the Sonics, they played three years together. Uh, well, why I wish they would have stayed together longer is because they could have. They just had to make a decision: pay James Harden, pay Serge. They made they made what at the time what seems like the right choice because you can't invest all of your money into perimeter players. And Harden was coming off a very bad NBA Finals performance. But crushed it all the way through the playoffs coming off the bench. Yes. And you really saw his like ability to attack the rim. Did and he win a six-man of the year in I don't Oklahoma think, City? I don't think he won one, but he was definitely like always up there. Uh, I'm checking. But, I mean, I, w- I think why I wanted to see them stay together is because, um, because they could have. 
And the, they and they definitely could have won a championship the if Steeler, they stayed together. The Steelers, uh, Triple Bs don't even deserve to be in this conversation. It was just the one. I, it was in the picture, dude. Well, what do you it, want? From I mean, me? they were, they just fell apart. That's why they brought it up. Yeah, but they they don't deserve to be in the picture. And the Mariners, fuck the Mariners. I mean, this is <laughs> what like, dude. They had they had those guys, and he they did didn't. win Sixth Man of the Year in 2011, 2012. Yeah, so right before he left. Yeah, th- that yeah. year they went to the finals. Yeah, yeah he crushed. He, he he showed everybody the ball handler and the, the penetrator he was. Um, back to the Mariners, I mean, they couldn't even get to the series with those guys. Yeah. I mean, A-Rod and, and Griffey played together for years. Um, Randy Johnson was there for a long time. There was other studs on that team. And then, you know, it sucks that Griffey left. Like, I, like if the question was just Griffey alone – yeah. I'd be like, I would, you know, and Randy Johnson's my favorite pitcher ever. A Rod, I fuck with A Rod, but like, obviously, he's A Rod, you know, yeah. he's got a weird, uh, weird story now, but it just sucks because Griffey, Griffey left and it was, and it all went bad for him. Yeah. I mean, he never the same. He was the best player. He was Michael Jordan of baseball. Uh, a Rod left and got twisted up with steroids. Well, A Rod, okay, so Griffey leaves never the same. A Rod leaves. We when A Rod's contract's up, we offer him the biggest contract in baseball history. Yeah, nobody had ever been offered this much money in the history of baseball, and he took what I think was a thirty million dollar like raise, basically yeah. from from Texas Rangers. So he, so you know, hundred couple hundred million it was two hundred fifty million dollars for the Rangers. I think we might offer him two hundred twenty. Yeah, but it's like he took. You know, he took that 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 small percentage of the money over staying with the team. I can remember vividly his first game back at uh, in Seattle, and everyone brought Monopoly money <laughs> and threw and just tossed it That's all over so the field. That's so funny. Uh, and I don't, you know, Randy Johnson left to chase a ring, so it's like I don't really. And he was in, he wasn't in like his prime. Yeah. You know, I think I think Griffey was just leaving it, maybe leaving it. Yeah. You know. And then and A Rod was one hundred percent the full swing yeah. of his of his prime, but Randy was like he was chasing a ring. You know yeah. he still had the juice, but so that that marriage team I don't feel bad. They had their they had their fucking shot, <laughs> and, and they they could do not they could not do anything with it. Yeah, for me it's definitely Russ, Katie, and Harden. I wish they stayed together longer, just because that team was just so much fun to three, watch. Three MVPs. You got the guy that's the guy that's you know gonna uh, push thirty five plus points a game. Russ averaging a triple double for Russ the third straight a year. Russ averaging triple double. KD is going to go down as as a top five player ever now. Yeah, um, ever. because he's adding you know two, two, three, four rings he, uh, to his resume. Yeah. Three MVPs they drafted in three years consecutively. KD could be a part of a three peat. Yeah, I there mean, are only two I other teams be- that can say that. I can't believe that uh, you know I would pick them because of how bad you know. KD was in Seattle one year. Then we drafted Russ while we're still the Sonics, but they move that year. You know, so there's a lot, you know, but my animosity is towards the owner. Yeah, not towards the players. Yeah, dude. Robert Swift, Johan Petro, Mohamed Sine. Those are three first rounders we drafted three years in a row. The next three years, so so Robert Swift, Johan Petro, Mohamed Sine. The next three years, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Like if that's not tanking, I don't know what the fuck is. Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to describe it, right tanking there. Tanking before tanking was a thing. Yeah, 
tanking before it was sexy. It was it was <sighs> terrible. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. And the next one is Laker themed. So this one should be fun. Mm-hmm. If Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, and Kyrie Irving are all off the table this summer in free agency, who do you want the Lakers to sign? Now, let's assume that for sake of the conversation, and this doesn't even really matter when we talk about it, uh, but that you're going to give this player a max deal of three years plus a player option for the fourth se- fourth season. So you get three guaranteed years with this player. Mm-hmm. The options are Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker, Boogie Cousins, and none of the above. Mm. Uh, in order, probably Boogie, because the center is just the tougher position to find. Yep. Uh, Second is Jimmy Butler. Okay. Um I don't really want like I don't really like the fact that I don't want to sign Jimmy. I don't want or Jimmy, Kemba. I don't want Jimmy or Kemba either. Kemba is thirty. Uh, I'm pretty sure, or maybe maybe twenty nine. No, he's I think yeah I think he's like twenty eight twenty nine. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, even though he's a stud, I don't think he's a killer necessarily like that. Like winning championships. I mean, if that's the best, if we get Kemba Walker, that's not necessarily a bad get. But Kemba's twenty eight. He's he's twenty eight. He's yeah. fi- he's like five ten. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to pay him. And we got Lonzo. LeBron, uh, that's probably part of it. You know, J- Jimmy Butler. He's not a closer. I mean, he and he can, plays the same position as LeBron. And he can lock up. Well, he can play the two, and he can lock up. He can lock up twos. He can lock up threes. He's a good two way player. He'd be a nice player with Braun, but he just, I feel like we need to spend that money on killers. And Jimmy Butler is. A problem in the locker room, as we've mm-hmm. seen. Yeah, no, I pa- I'll pass on Kemba, pass I'm, on Jimmy. I'm all I wouldn't in. pass on Boogie, though. I'm sure. all in on Boogie. I mean, Boogie and Braun is, is nice with our young guys. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't believe I'm saying it because I was against it in the past, but Boogie Cousins has shown me in the little, the little time he's been back with the Warriors that he's still got it. I tell you what, you keep our young – keep the young rookies – or keep the young Lakers – um, yeah. dra- draft a rookie, sign one or two of those free agents back. LeBron, Boogie, not bad. Yeah, because I think obviously we talked about it last week. AD is off the table now. I don't think we're going to make a trade for Anthony Davis. The good news is Clay ain't signing with us. That's not fucking happening. No, don't. I hope he does. I I think we got a better shot at signing KD than Clay. Interesting. I think Clay is for sure staying in Golden State. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if he stayed. But and then what? Kawhi, and and who was the other one? Uh, Kawhi, Clay, KD, Kyrie. Or, see, like Kyrie, KD, and Kawhi, the three, those three, <laughs> those three guys. I uh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I definitely see us having a better shot at getting over Clay. Yeah, I yeah, can four Ks. Yeah. But uh, I think the odds of us getting when when it comes to those guys probably Kawhi's number one, Kyrie, KD, and uh, Clay. That's probably my order. Okay. Kawhi, the only shot, the only reason we got a shot at him is because if he doesn't like San Antonio, you know what I mean. There's not going to be a t- like a ton of better options than teaming up with Bron Bron. You mean Toronto? It's, yeah, Toronto. Sorry, <laughs> you know what I meant. Uh, clearly, yeah. He just, you know, if he doesn't like Toronto, which I think 
I think he might stay in Toronto. No, yeah, I mean they're they're a good basketball. If team, they make it to the finals, uh, Siakam just stepped up big time. He's they got killer. they've gotten deeper. They've gotten the you know, it's a good team. All right. So, I mean, Kyrie or Lowry and Demar been doing it forever. So, well, yeah. Uh, so, well, like like I was saying before, I kind I kind of got off track, but. The good, the good news, in my opinion, I think, is we're not going for AD anymore. But Brandon Ingram had that successful surgery on his shoulder, and ev- everything's going to be fine. Yep. Uh, I was reading an article, and a doctor, like basically a blood doctor, was saying that the surgery had nothing to do with the blood clots, and it was all structural, and the damage was all structural, so the blood clots aren't going to return. Nice. That's good. So, so I mean, hopefully that's that's how it, that's the story moving forward. Because I mean, he's part of that you know that young core, four or five young guys that, that we want to keep. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about maybe going after a player in free agency, but what if they strike out on free agency? Do you trade for a player like Bradley Beal? No. No. But they they will do something like that i mean i think that they feel like they have to bring in somebody else well magic said because, he's, he's be- got to bring in another star because of this season how it went they will hit desperation mode and they'll trade oh we're in desperation mode now yeah but i mean like if uh, as far as like they have to add one big name next to lebron the rest of the roster could be dog shit but they have to have I'd rather it not be they, dog shit. They, but they have they will that's what I mean. Like if they strike out in free agency, they will make a they will make a terrible trade. And not because of Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's a stud and it's like Bradley Beal uh with Braun is nice. Like if Bradley Beal is a free agent and you listed all those people that we were just talking about. Bradley Beal would be number one on he'd your be list. Number one. He'd be for for sure. But uh we're gonna have to they're gonna know we're desperate. They're they don't got shit going for them, so they can just you know like what what's Washington doing? Yeah, uh, they're gonna they can ask for two to three young guys, another guy. They could ask for yeah this because ridiculous they still shit again. they still have John Wall everybody, out for a year. Everybody knows the state of the Lakers, which is a not a good position to be sucks. in. So it's like they can ask. They want I want Kuz, Bi, and, and Lonzo and a pick, or I want two of those guys and and two picks and someone else or. You know what I mean? They can and, Ma- all and Magic might might do something stupid and say yes. Yeah, he's gonna have to if they strike out in free agency. He will have to do it. He will pull the trigger. And oh man, it's uh, I don't think it's gonna go good. This summer is so important for the Lakers, but they can't do too much. Just like last summer when they didn't, they I I don't necessarily think they did too much. Although they did sign LeBron, but they didn't do enough. Clearly, well. You know, I'm not ready. To, I, I still ride the injury train, even though that's not a good enough excuse. But I'm still saying they didn't make the playoffs this year. They did no, not do no, enough this offseason. But if the guys you sign to play together don't play together, it's tough to to sit back and evaluate. Now, on the outside looking in, you're like, no excuses. got to win games. Yeah. But on the inside, it's like we didn't have our product out there. We didn't. He didn't have the team that he LeBron put could, together. LeBron, B.I., and Lonzo played a combined i think 23 games together yeah which i mean just lonzo lonzo and braun specifically i mean i think lonzo's injury like one thing you you tell laker fan you can take away one thing that happened this year if you take away lonzo's injury even over lebron's i think they make the playoffs yeah just because 
No, those I agree. games with LeBron, you know what I mean? They would have played even better. I agree. Uh, I, agree. I just I hope they don't do too much. I hope we keep the majority of our young guys. I hope we keep Braun, and I hope we add another solid starter. We have to get another solid starter. You get another solid starter, you mix it with the progression of a B.I. and a Kuzma, hopefully, uh, you know, yeah. scoring Lon- the ball. Lonzo wise. finally having a healthy, a full healthy offseason. Yeah, that's all we want. Like I think Lonzo's play is fine. I'm not worried about No, he was play. just starting just to figure need, it out. He just needs to be he just needs to be on the court with those guys. Yeah, no, I mean the best experience is to just get thrown in the fire. I want I want BI, I want Lonzo, I want Kuz, I want Josh Hart, I want Braun. I'm in the same position yeah. going into the going into this offseason as I was last season. Bring everybody back. Yeah, exactly. I think we have the team. We just need to put it on the court. Yeah. So all right, that was that was a fun little Twitter what if segment. Uh, we're mm. like I said, we're gonna start doing that more often. Yeah, hypotheticals. Uh, yeah, um, few a few headlines uh, I wanted to touch on in the NBA. Uh, it was I believe it was either Sunday night or even yesterday that uh, the record for most players to score fifty points or more in a game. Uh, was set in the NBA. There have been 11 players to score 50 or more points this season. Derrick Rose and Blake Griffins both scored 50 points on the dot. LeBron, Steph Curry, KD, and Damian Lillard got to 51. Giannis just got to 52 the other night. Clay also had 52 at one point this season. LaMarcus Aldridge of the San Antonio Spurs dropped 56. Uh, Kemba Walker dropped 60. And then James Harden has done it six times this season where he's hit 50, 54, 57, 58, two times, and a 61-point game. This is, I mean, I think this is absolutely incredible. This is just the standard. Yeah, I think I think this number each season is just going to go up and up. Yeah, I think I think sooner sooner than later, every team will have one every year you know which is crazy every team will have one player that gets one of those at least once i mean there's one i mean there's still there's still probably going to be a name added to that list there's yeah there's eight different teams represented on the on on this list right now and uh and like i just said it could be another couple yeah so who who do you think besides these guys obviously because they all have the potential to do it again yeah. Uh, what are some other names you think that could p- possibly do it? Uh, Demar, uh, Kwai, okay, Trey Young. Ooh. Uh, 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 God damn it! I just had their name in my head. Uh, Devin Booker. Oh yeah, I think Devin uh, could do it. And then you know, those are probably those are probably the big ones that I was thinking of off top. Kyrie could do it, maybe. Yeah, maybe Kyrie. Yeah, anyone in that like playoff hunt, you know, that's like really pushing, or just like a young guy trying to get his. Yeah. So yeah, probably. I mean, I think Trey Young's a, a definitely like a candidate, and a Devin Booker that they're out of it, but yeah. those guys are. Demar, guys Demar and Kawhi, obviously. But Demar and Kawhi, I think, are guys that, like I was saying, they're in the playoff hunt. So those they, were those were the first two names to Paul pop George. into my head. Oh yeah, definitely Paul, Paul George. Paul George is hot. As Russell hell. Westbrook too. Paul George is hot as hell right now, so he could. Uh, that Paul George, he's so hot right now. <laughs> Uh, so that could be a thing, you know what I mean? He, he could definitely. He could Ru- definitely Russ could down. easily do it too. Yeah. Um. All right. Another another headline. Isaiah Thomas 
Obviously, we both uh, love IT4. Uh, he finally got his tribute video in Boston. Uh, obviously, originally, he was supposed to get it the same night Paul Pierce had his jersey retired, and Paul Pierce made a whole big deal about it last season and ended up Celtics didn't give IT his tribute video when he came back with the Cavs last year. Uh, but IT has been talking over the last couple of days before uh, leading up to the game against Boston about how much love he's got for the city of Boston, the fans in Boston. Uh, obviously, things didn't go down as smoothly as one probably would have liked uh, with IT leaving the Celtics, and there's some bad blood between him and Danny Ainge. Uh, but I think that when Kyrie leaves Boston this summer, they should do right by Isaiah Thomas and, and give him a bag. That would be a good story. I don't know if he's – I don't know. You know, it would be cool to see him go back. But well, he's, he's logistics-wise, I just don't think he's going to do it. He's out of the Nuggets rotation already. So he's obviously not coming back to Denver. So he's, he's going to be looking for a new home again. Yep. yep. And, and, and why not? One. He'll find one. Anybody that needs, you know, anybody that needs somebody to run their second unit, he'll, he'll go there. Um, you know, he could he could end up in a Phoenix or an Orlando, someone that l- just needs a point guard in general. Uh, it's weird the IT. I mean, I remember when some of the guys, Paul Pierce and the and Rondo, were you know we hang banners in Boston. So it's a little, it is crazy the love that he gets in Boston. But to me, Isaiah Thomas will. I mean, in my eyes for the general public i mean my view of him is different yeah uh, but like i think the most people will see him as like a cult classic yeah he's like this guy that's not necessarily all over the record books he didn't he didn't have this suit you know he's had a long career but he's not ha- he hasn't had all he these was huge the, highs he was in the la- he was the last pick in the draft and then he ended up making an all-star game and, his year and in boston co- and i mean cult classic but it's like that one year in boston was just truly it was lightning in a bottle i mean he he averaged almost 30 a game um just busting everybody led you know, the league led was, the league in fourth quarter scoring that year so that that one year i think is just such a fond memory in boston because they don't think they necessarily thought they were going to be all that great and he was yeah he ended he up getting into the playoffs yeah kind of a crutch era they had that where he led he led the era from leaving the big three into the new you know brad stevens yeah young they had that great playoff series that went seven games with the wizards that year yep um but yeah i mean i in my opinion it's the man Uh, he's the man he's great (laughs) i'm i'm really salty i'm really salty it didn't work out in la always proving people wrong yeah uh next thing uh some history was made last night dirk nowitzki passed wilt chamberlain for sixth all-time uh on the nba scoring list my opinion Dirk is the greatest international player ever. Probably him or Hakeem Olajuwon, one A, one B. However you want to put it. Oh, I think the, I think the, I think those guys are now. I was thinking about this because we talked about this last night, and I think those guys are now just waiting to be number two A and two B. Who's number uh, one? I think Giannis is going to end up hold that crown Ooh. at the end of the day. I mean, I mean, it just seems like it. He's 24, so yeah, like, he's on pace. A lot too. of ba- a lot of bad things could happen, as as just as much as good things could happen. But he's on a pace right now where H- Hakeem and Dirk could be, you know, the two A and two B. To me, in like gut check, when someone says Dirk, I think yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then when you bring in Hakeem Olajuwon, then I'm like, eh, I step back. 
you know, I try to reevaluate. Those two are very, very close to me. And they both revolutionized the center position. Well, they rev- they were just special. They were just different talents. They weren't American players, and it and it showed in their game. 100%. They didn't have American game. Hakeem has the best. Was the orig- like, I don't know if the originator or the best is the right word, but Hakeem's footwork was dream dreamlike. Yeah, it was dreamlike. Dream I mean, it it it's what you see every day now with these athletic big guys. And he didn't learn that in America. Kobe spent many summers going to Texas to train with Akeem Olajuwon in the summer. And then it's like Dirk was the first seven-foot shooter. You know, he was the first guy that really, like— Yeah, he was the first stretch big, really. I mean, when he was earlier in his career, they are like, this dude's a liability on defense, but he can fucking stroke. I mean, this guy is a 28, 29, 30 points a game guy for 10 years. MVP. MVP, NBA champion. Finals MVP. uh, Did it all. Dirk's the man, um, and and he didn't and he's an unconventional trainer. He didn't grow up playing AAU basketball. Nope. He he trains weird. He's got a personal shooting coach. He's had his whole life. He shoots weird. All right. I mean, the way he trains is not how an American can train. So yeah, both those guys brought a new spin to the league and uh, are both deserving of the title. But Giannis is coming for it. Yeah. No. I mean, listen, Giannis, just like Hakeem. And Dirk is revolutionary in the sport, and he's mm-hmm. revolutionizing his position by basically making himself positionless. I think the key to to what what trans what comes from overseas is like obviously the freakish height gets them attention early. Yeah, and then I think footwork is so much is taught so much better overseas because of the soccer influence and the coaching influence. Yeah, just the and emphasis tra- training skill. Rather than training athleticism, the we, emphasis we, on the we fundamentals. Tra- we train to be big, fast, and strong. They train to shoot, dribble, play defense. Yep. Blah blah blah. You know, footwork. You know, stamina. All these kind of stuff. They push more or differently than we do. It's it's wild. You know, you get these these long, freaky athletes. They've yeah. been tr- you know great footwork. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about and. It's probably, uh, I mean, this team is probably the hottest team in the NBA right now. They've won nine games in a row. They're up to the fifth seed in the West, and they have now secured their 22nd straight season of having a winning record, and that's none other than old reliable San Antonio Spurs. Yep. The last, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a couple, couple factoids at you, and I got this from uh, one of the best basketball magazines ever, one of our favorites, Slam Magazine. Little fa- some facts about the last time the Spurs did not have a winning record. Tim Duncan was in college. <laughs> yes. Who won Rookie of the Year that year? The last time they did not have a winning record. Oh man, Vince Carter. Your oh boy. no, that was the same year. That was the, your boy. That was the same year. Your favorite player of all time. Allen Iverson, '96. Yep. Yeah, no, team uh, Vince Carter was the same year as Duncan. Trey Young was not born yet. Yeah, Space Jam had just come out, yep. and Slam Magazine only had 17 issues. Yep. I remember all that stuff. Now, it's absolutely remarkable what San Antonio has done, and obviously the mainstay of the San Antonio Spurs is none other than Greg Popovich. And on Twitter last night, after the Spurs had won, uh, I was on there. And I saw a lot of Phil Jackson slander on Twitter. And everybody was saying, Pop's the greatest coach of all time. Or, like, is Pop the greatest of all time? 
who is blah 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 and there was a lot of phil jackson slander and i'm here to say phil jackson slander will not be tolerated let me just remind let me just remind you folks phil jackson went back to back three times or excuse me he had three different three-peats and then he went to three state straight finals and won two out of three two out of three and those two were back to back 11 total championships pop has never gone back to back Phil Jackson is the greatest NBA coach of all time. Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson probably like I mean he probably is, but it's like duh. I mean he's gonna get hated on. He coached you know the Bulls and the Lakers. The reason why it's like it's easy to hate him because he has all like the excuses, uh, and and then it's easy to love Pop because Pop, it's just the two ends of the spectrum. You got the big the big flashy Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq, Phil Jackson. All these titles, all all this, and then it's like Popovich is the small market, San Antonio Spurs, um, not the best player, never had the best player in the league. I mean, Duncan won MVP, but I don't necessarily, you know, I don't necessarily know if he was the best player in the league all those years. Um, And, uh, you know, they had, they they got a bunch of guys that you didn't know. Tony Parker was coming from overseas. He was like the 29th pick overall. Manu Ginobili, second-round draft pick. You know, there's a lot of guys. Just, they just did things that, like, it was easier to like him because, like, you think, oh, Greg Popovich is doing more with less. Right. And So it's like, it's what do you find more, you know, sexier? It's like the cha- just the total number of championships, no excuses. or or But you had the best player in the game, so you're supposed to do that. Or you go with Popovich, who – did a lot with not a little revolutionized the coaching game just like phil jackson did yeah i mean as far as the way substitutions are handled the way rotations handled minutes throughout the the entire are handled injuries the way you know you handle your minutes throughout an entire season sitting players all that shit is popovich but i understand all all of that and the the doing more with less argument with pop is great and all but I, I well, w- and he's got five rings to boot. I mean, it's not he does like, have five it, rings. He's not sitting at home empty-handed. It's not like, you know. And Where I does ha- Phil and put hate, it? And I hate to bring this this name up because it doesn't. He's still a great coach, but like Mark Few at Gonzaga. You know, it's like the reason why Mark Few can't be in the conversation with Coach K is because like, dude, you don't have you don't have the. But one where thing. does Pop's got five? Where does Phil put his eleventh ring? No, I mean, and he has 11 rings, and, it, and that's why I think, you know, it's easy to hate him. And because that's, it's, it, but it's that's, just like. That's why I think saying pop. But he does, he's, you're never going to give him the benefit of the doubt because, you know, he never, he never did like an impressive coaching job. Outside of like the early Bulls, he never did anything where it's like this team wasn't already made for you to win a but, title. But I would argue, like, saying pop did more with less and Phil having everything basically in front of him, him having to deal with no, and the that's, likes of that's what Michael he, Jordan. And that's what he, uh, and that's what he like brought to the game was just like the mental aspect of the ego players. management. Yeah. All the Zen master stuff for yeah. sure. And that's why he's, in, th- and that's why this is the argument. You know what I mean? It's like Michael, Michael, Kobe, LeBron, it's all preference. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes, Phil Jackson has the best stats. He's got all the all the accomplishments. But people have watched Popovich do bring these 
Patty Mills, you know, <laughs> and these and these Danny Avery Green. and these Avery Johnsons and Steven Jackson. Yeah, all these guys and and win championships with him and beat teams he was never supposed to beat. Yeah. I mean, the the he beat Braun, you know. I he think br- he beat Braun and, and Miami and he beat Kobe and Shaq and he beat the 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 you know the best starting five ever yeah. the bad boy pistons yeah he beat all these guys that weren't supposed to be beatable um so that's why i think people that i'm just explaining where people's perceptions come from i think also know? a lot of people are holding phil's like next tenure it, like a lot of him. people would say you know like if you had team a and team b are clones who wins the game phil jackson popovich are coaching I'd say i think a, lo- a lot of people i think are going to go with popovich because i think that in a game scenario like phil jackson's coaching it you know is like almost done by the time the game starts like hit, hit like his greatness yeah. comes in preparation and management you know getting getting the team you know understanding your role and understanding how to execute the x's and o's and all this shit yeah. Whereas like Popovich in the game, I think is doing a lot more coaching. All right. Uh, is that it? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's it. You got a you got a shout out before we get out of here. I do. This is just like a radar watch. Put him on alert. I don't. I've been following this kid since last year. He's a he's a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. So he came up on my uh, feed. I've been you know I pay pretty close attention to high school prep basketball. He came up as an eighth grader just because all these, you know, the LeBron, Bron, you know, Bronny Jr., uh, Mikey Williams, you know, there's a lot of big time like middle school guys now getting play. And this kid's a freshman, um, but I think this kid's real. I think this is another unicorn, you might say. He's a 6'10 forward freshman. Oh, he, I've he, seen this kid. He, aver- he, he just was named Gatorade State Player of the Year as a freshman. Gatorade State Player. In Michigan, all right, the kid averaged 28 and 10, so 28 points, 10 rebounds a game, freshman, um, led them to the state championship. The year the year he was in eighth grade, they went 11 and 10. Jeez. His freshman year, they go 23 and 4, win Michigan State title. He averages 28 and 10. Um, he's a big guy. I think he's still growing. So, you know, he could be someone that's like Giannis, like Paul George, like KD. Uh, he's got a ton of ball skills. He attacks the rim. I don't know if I said his name yet. Imani Bates is his name. <laughs> Jeez. Um, his name's Imani Bates. Check him out. Uh, this kid this kid can play. He's going to be – he's definitely going to be a, a, a pro someday. All right. Well, my shout-out, uh, and it's pretty big news in the world of sports. Uh, it's to Big tr- uh, It's to Big Trout. It's to Mike Trout uh, for signing the biggest contract in American sports history. He's signing a 12-year extension with the Los Angeles Angels, who play in Anaheim. They don't play in Los Angeles. Let's get that straight. Uh, And the deal is worth a record $430 million. It's the largest contract ever in American sports history, and it has the highest annual average value per year, uh, more than any other contract. Uh, he's going to make $35.83 million per year. Now, the largest contracts in sports, in the four major sports, Mike Trout at $430 million, Russell Westbrook at $207 million in the NBA, Matt Ryan in the NFL at $150 million, 
and Alex Ovechkin in the NHL making $124 million. And Mike Trout's new contract is equal to or more than the value of eight different NHL franchises. Yeah, that shows you the, that shows you how valuable these athletes are when it comes to you know marketing and merchandise and selling tickets. That's how crazy it is. Play baseball, kids. I mean, it just it's just like I don't know. It's crazy. It's a it's just a crazy thing to me. It shows how fucked up like ownership is in these leagues. I think these players should be getting paid more. Well, what's what's that, crazy? These is, franchises are worth more than I think we think they are. Well, I mean. The, I think the billions, you know, two, three, four, five plus ten billion, that's more of the range to me that these things are worth. I mean, some teams, but like NHL teams in like Colorado. Well, no, yeah, Winnipeg. no, NHL, NHL is different. But I mean, I'm not really necessarily including NHL. Yeah. But uh, just because they're not quite there yet, it's more of a niche sport. Not a lot of people play it. Um, but like baseball, football, and basketball, dude, these guys are just so marketable. You're making so much money off of each and every single star. Well, and here's hundreds of millions of dollars is, you know, they're making that back so fast. Here's the thing. The Angels haven't been successful in a very long time. He's basically signing up to to not play in October for the next 12 years. Oh, I mean, a lot can happen in 12 years. A lot can happen in 12 years. I don't think that that's necessarily the case, but I but think that what it's I cool do, that he's he's rocking with the home team. Yeah, and what what I do applaud Mike Trout in is he got this over with before the season, before any yeah. sort of distraction yeah. could start. Yeah, no, no, he definitely – right, right away when when Bryce Harper opened the floodgates and saying that he would he would recruit him, you know what I mean? The and Angels had to do something. The, the entire league could have jumped on that. You know yeah. what I mean? We're, we want him. We Every team in the league wants him, you know? I mean, he's the best. He's arguably probably going to be the best player ever. Yeah, I mean, I think him and Bryce Harper both have, like, crazy potential to be two of the greatest players of all, of all time. And, yeah. And two of the best, like, five tool players ever. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I think I think by getting this deal done – yeah, he lost out on some money because I think he probably could have got $500 million if he stretched this out and really negotiated and played hardball with the Angels. I think he could have got $500 million because Mike Trout is worth $500 million. Yeah. But the fact that he sacrificed the money to get it, this deal done out of the way, no distractions, that's just the kind of player Mike Trout is, and that's just the kind of person he is. Yeah. So it, sa- it says a lot about that, and it's always have. That's why he got paid. It's always good having a guy like that in the clubhouse. Yeah, and that's why he got paid. Easier to pay a guy like that. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, like we've been pushing, be sure to enter the 2019 TSK Show Bracket Challenge on the ESPN Tournament Challenge app or webpage. Just search the group name TSK Show MM Challenge to join the group or go to any of our social media profiles to find the link, and you'll have your chance to win a $25 Visa gift card. Brackets lock in on Thursday morning. The first games are at 9.15 in the morning, uh, and I believe I said at the top we had 32 entries. Uh, I just refreshed it. We now have 34 entries. So two more people have submitted brackets uh, since the time of this recording. Uh, But, yeah, uh, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke 
All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to the TSK show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.